you turn on the TV and you turn on to some of the newscasts, one of the things that you're going to notice is that there are some networks that on the side of the screen has a running count of how many people have the disease, how many have died. They have the numbers for the U.S. and then they have the numbers for the uh, global, uh, uh, the worldwide uh, numbers of people that have uh, contracted the disease and have died. I said it's almost like a telethon because we want to see the numbers going up. They just keep going up. Every day, government has uh, uh, news uh, op- uh, conferences where they can show us how many people have died every day. They want us to see that. And one of the things that I believe is there is that there are people that want us to be afraid. They want us to be frightened and scared. Why? For one, I believe that it's easier to manipulate people when they are afraid, and then you're more dependent upon other people. But I want us to realize that God does not want us to have a spirit of fear. God does not intend for us as His people to live in fear. And when I look at that running total and the number keeps going up, and then they change the way they count and the number goes up even higher, it kind of reminded me of what I have on the screen. Some people are waiting till they die before they rest in peace, when in fact... I guess I could put it up there. (laughs) We could have it on the screen and it might help them make it a little better. But what I have on the screen there is people are waiting till they die to rest in peace when you can have peace now. And that's what God wants us to have. The Bible plainly shows us that God wants us to have peace. That fear, anxiety, worry, doubt are not a part of a Christian's life. It's not something that we should be afraid of. The Bible has one thing that I could find that we should be afraid of and have fear of, and that is we should fear God. And we should fear God when we are unprepared. As long as we've lived a faithful life in service to Him, we have nothing to fear even when we stand before the judgment. We know that we're going to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The Apostle John tells us that we can be sure of our salvation. So I don't have to be afraid of death, and I don't have to be afraid of God, because I know that I'm living a faithful life to Him. But when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, I should be afraid of God. But that's the only thing that I've seen in the Bible that we as Christians should be fearful of. Because we know that standing before God unprepared should be a frightful thought. But the word worry comes from an English word that means to choke or to strangle. And one of the pictures that I wanted to look and put up on the screen was a plant that was being choked out by a vine. I couldn't find a good picture that would represent my thought on that. But what my point was there, what I'm trying to make is that you can plant a flower and it can boom, but you can see a weed that'll grow up next to it, and the next thing you know, it starts wrapping itself around the flower. And it may happen in a garden where you have vegetables planted and that vine grows up and it wraps around and before long, if it's not careful, it will tighten up and it will squeeze the life out of that plant and that plant will die. That's the picture that we have of worry. Worry chokes the life out of us. Fear chokes the life out of the Christian. The Greek word for worry literally means to have a divided mind. Worry and anxiousness 
are an internal tug of war that takes place. It's pulling at us and it's robbing us of faith and peace. And sometimes when we have that battle going on in our lives, it makes us miserable people. You think about it. People that have that are anxious, worry, and fearful, you look at them, do they are they happy? Talk to them, are they happy? Are they enjoying life? <laughs> no. It's not. They're not. The Bible is filled with verses that show us that we are to be at peace. Peace, we sing songs about peace in the time of trouble. And even in this pandemic that everyone's so concerned about, as a Christian, we can have peace. Let's look at some of the verses that the Bible gives us. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 14, depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. What's he telling us there? He's telling us to depart from things that are wrong, things that are evil, things that are bad. Why? Because that robs the life out of us. But it tells us that we are to seek it and we are to pursue peace. It isn't something that just happens in our lives. We have to make it happen. We have to overcome some of the things that the devil puts out there that tries to rob us of the peace that passes all understanding. In Psalms chapter 4 and verse 8, what does it say? I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. You think about it in your life. And I would imagine that every one of us that's here today has had anxiety in our lives, have worried, have been fearful of something. Yeah, that includes me. So when you can sit there and you're thinking, well, that's the preacher talking. I will tell you plain right up front that if I'm worrying, I have the same problem that we're going to be talking about today. Because I worried or have worried does not mean that I'm going to stand up here and try to justify it for everyone else. Because guess what? If it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter who does it. But you think about in your life when you are at, have fear, when you have anxiety, when you have worry, and you lay your head on that pillow at night, do you just easily go to sleep? No. And if you do go to sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night, what pops into your head and how easy is it to go back to sleep? But when you have peace, the peace that passeth all understanding, the peace that God wants us to have, you can lay your head on that pillow at night and you can go to sleep. And you can wake up in the middle of the night and you can go back to sleep. Because God is the source of that peace. In Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in peace, or perfect peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Who will he keep in perfect peace? Whose mind is stayed on thee. You want perfect peace in your life? Keep your mind focused on God. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. So that's what that verse says. Wilt thou keep him in perfect peace? whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You want peace? You want the peace that God offers? Then you have to trust God. 
Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse sixteen. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. First Peter chapter five and verse seven. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Who cares for me? God cares for me. And as I always say, or many times say, when I read that verse, talk about that verse, especially at a funeral, I point out with all the things that God has to keep track of, all the things in this universe, God cares about little old me. And Jesus says, not a sparrow falls to the ground without our Heavenly Father taking notice, and we are of far more value than those sparrows. And so if God notices when a sparrow falls to the ground, what does that say about your importance to Him? Does He care? Yes, He does. Colossians chapter 3, and verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God what rule in your heart. Don't let it just come and go. Don't let the devil do his work sometimes in your life. Keep God in your life. Let Him rule your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, beginning, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. <clears throat> and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. John chapter 14, and verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. Remember, who's he talking to? He's talking to us. Don't be afraid. If death happens, it's just the door that leads to eternity. We all are talking about going to heaven. We want to go to heaven. We talk about it. We preach about it. We tell others about it. We you know, dream about it. The only way to get there is through death. So is death really so bad? Let's just have some facts. I googled the word peace. I want to see how many times it was used in the King James Version. And I found uh, all the other, uh, several other versions too. But in the King James Version, the word peace is used 429 times. God wants us to be a people whose faith and trust in Him is so intense that it limits our fear, our anxiousness, and our worry. Think about this. Fear and anxiety, faith and trust cannot occupy the same heart at the same time. You think about that in your own life, through your own experience. When you're worried, when you are anxious, when you have fear, do you have peace? Do you have faith? Most of the time, people start to doubt God when they're going through some of those trials. It's like oil and water. They do not mix. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus deals with anxiety, anxiousness, and worry. And He tells us how we can overcome it. And so this morning, I would like for us to look at some of the things that Jesus tells us. 
Because there we see that we can control our fear and anxiousness and worry and bring peace and calm into our lives. But we have to trust our Lord to help us with that. So what does He tell us? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. He says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life or what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet what your or not nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? If you look at the English Standard Version, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor about your body. What ye shall put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So what's Jesus telling me there? Don't worry about those things. It'll be taken care of. Don't worry about it. So why shouldn't we worry? Well, first of all, we worry about the wrong things. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, For which cause ye faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You see, the, Paul's telling us our body is, is decaying. And I think that as we get older, we see that. We know that we can't do some of the things that we used to do. Maybe a little slower, a little weaker at some of those things. But that outward body decays, but that inward man should still grow and should become stronger in our daily life as we live a Christian life. But all those things that happen to us, all those things that we face in this life, the difficulties help to make us stronger and better if we will allow them to do so. But whatever it is, and I'm sure that in the first century they were dealing with persecution and some very awful persecution, harsh persecution. But whatever they went through, that persecution or whatever turmoil that they had in their life, it was nothing in comparison to the glory that they would receive. Do you agree with that? Second, Worry, <clears throat> worrying about something that we cannot change is unreasonable. In other words, if we can change it, change it. If there's something that you can do about it, do it. If we can't, then don't worry about it. And that's exactly what Paul is saying back over in Philippians chapter 4. When you have a problem, take it to God. Leave it with God. If you can't do something about it, leave it in His hands. But if there's something that you can do about it, then do it. The important thing is we have to know the difference. We need to be able to understand and know what we can do something about and what we cannot do something about. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are miserable because they don't want to change. They don't want to do something about what they're concerned about. I've met with people. I've talked with people. Sat down with people. I've heard them say, when you say, well, this is what you could do. This is what you should do. I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. Well, isn't there something else? Well, yeah, maybe you should find it. Well, I can't think of anything. So, okay, worry. What's that going to do for you? Not going to change it, is it? 
thing is we have to know what we can change. And when we know that, we can do something about it. Also, when we think about worry, we exaggerate the problem. Have you noticed that when you worry about something, the more fearful it becomes every time you rehearse the worry? I'm convinced that people have seen that death toll and that number toll on the side of that screen so many times that when they finally say, oh, you're free to go, you can travel like you used to, there's going to be people that are going to say, uh, no, I can't. Have you ever noticed that when you worry about something, it is rehearsed worst in your mind? So stop worrying about COVID-19 programming all day, every day. Jesus is telling us that worry is illogical, unreasonable, and even harmful because it throws things out of proportion. Indeed, God wants His children to live in peace versus paranoia all their days. Worry is also unnatural. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 through 29, Behold the fowl of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Brethren, we can look at all those things and people can say, well, you know, what kind of brain does a flower have? It has brains enough to do what it can do. What kind of brains does an animal have? It has the brains that it can do what it's supposed to do. God says, I take care of the birds. Aren't you a lot more valuable than birds? Think about the lilies. If you've seen a lily out in the field, they're beautiful flowers. You plant them in your garden, you plant them in your flower beds, they're beautiful flowers to look at. And Jesus says, not even Solomon was arrayed in His glory like those lilies are. In all His glory, He didn't look as good as they do. Don't worry. What's Jesus trying to tell us to to understand? You don't need to worry about those things. You see, animals don't worry. Flowers don't worry. They do what they're supposed to do. Turn with me over to Psalms chapter 145. And there you're going to find the answer as why they don't worry. They do what they're supposed to do. Psalms 145 and verse 16. Very simple answer. Thou openest thy hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. Whose hand is that? It's God's hand. God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the animals. God takes care of the flowers and the vegetables and the trees. Those birds are out looking for food. I don't know about you, 
but I've never seen a bird plowing a garden or planting a garden. They rely upon God to feed them. The same is true with the flowers. Wherever they're planted, and I've seen them grow in the cracks of sidewalks and the cracks of rocks. I've seen them all in such odd places, but I see them doing what they're supposed to do. You know, the only thing that worries, the only part of God's creation that does not trust Him for their well-being, it's people. It's human beings. It's you and me. Not trusting God. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I'm just a worrier. I've been that way all my life. It's human nature. So, you know, sometimes I preach these sermons and people will tell me that at the door. Well, I will say this. That's not true. Worry is a learned experience. God created, created us with the ability to overcome anxiety with faith with the ability to overcome worry with peace. And God wants us to be at peace in our life. That doesn't mean that we go out here and we do stupid things. I can't walk off the roof of this building and think that because I have faith in God that I'm not going to get hurt when I walk off the end of this building. If I touch fire, I know it's going to burn me. So there are things that God gave us common sense with. And so the same is true even in this pandemic. There are things that we may be able to do to help protect ourselves, but some of it is out of our control. As I mentioned in the first hour, I've heard on the news that even people that have stayed at home that didn't go out, didn't do anything, have still gotten the virus. Well, guess what? Some people are going to get it. You and I, we may get it. But is it so bad if we died? Aren't we supposed to be looking forward to heaven? Yeah, I don't want to leave people behind. That's why I try to encourage them to go with me. They don't have to go right then. But I hope we meet them again someday. And if I don't, I'll still be happy because I'm going to be with my Lord. And that's really what should be the point. Worry is something that we learn. We can stop worrying and we should. Why? Because look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. Now if you look up that word heaviness in Hebrew... It means anxiousness. And you think about how miserable you are inside and the toll that it takes on your life when you are consumed with anxiety. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30 says, A sound heart is the life of the flesh. A heart at peace gives life to the body. When you are at peace, 
there is something that is very comforting about that. When you are consumed with worry, anxiety, and fear, you don't have peace. And it shows in your life. It's like carrying a burden that you don't have to carry. Next, worry is not helpful. Jesus says that it's just useless. Well, He doesn't use those words. He says it in another way. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 27, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto a statue? You think about that. Worry won't make you any taller. Worry won't make you any skinnier. Worry won't heal our diseases. And it can't make us live one day longer. In fact, if anything, it will shorten our lives instead of lengthening it. Worry can't change or control the past nor the future. It only messes up the present. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, "...take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient is the day of the evil thereof." The things that happen in our past, we can't change. If there's sin in our life that we need to repent of and take care of, then yes, we do something about it. Do something about it. But you can't change the past. It is what it is. And it doesn't matter how ashamed of it you are. It is what it is. And the future, you may not even be here tomorrow. So why worry about what can happen tomorrow or the next day or the next year? Does that mean that we just live a life that's so carefree? No, we live in the present. We're thankful for what God has blessed us with now. And we appreciate it. And we use the time God has blessed us with to glorify Him. He points out in verse 30 that worry is unnecessary. Verse 30 tells us, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Jesus says, trust God. He is our heavenly Father. I don't know about you, but I would imagine most of us here, when we were growing up and we had a need, we would go see our parents. We'd see mom or dad. Most of the time at my house, if it was money, you needed money, you went to dad. Sometimes you went through your mom to get to dad so you could get the money, but most of the time that's where you went. And why did you do that? Because you knew that they could take care of you physically. They could take care of your need. You didn't have the means to take care of yourself. You didn't have a job. You were little. You didn't have enough money. You were totally dependent upon your parent. But yet, your parent knew what you needed. They knew what they could do to take care of you. And sometimes they didn't give you what you wanted. And sometimes during that time when you were little, you thought that they were terrible parents. They didn't know what they were doing. But then as you got older, you looked back and you said, well, they're smarter than I thought they were. 
Now listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall not seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? God knows how to take care of us better than our own parents know how to take care of us. And we need to trust Him. And again, it gets back to how much trust do we have in God? Do we believe that He's really going to keep the promises that He's made? Do we believe that He's going to do what Jesus is talking about right here in the Sermon on the Mount? God will take care of us, but we need to do our part. You see, we talk about He took care of the birds, but guess what? They're out looking for the food. The animals are out looking for the things that they need to eat to sustain their life, but God is the one that provides those things. And brethren, there's things that we can do that we should be doing instead of worrying about it. Paul tells us in Romans or Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Again, in 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 7, casting all your cares upon Him. All your cares. It doesn't say just part of them. God doesn't say, give me the ones that I can handle. God says, give me all your cares. Cast them all on me. And why does He say that? Because He loves us. He cares for us. He provides for us. He gives us all the things that we need. And there are, is there anything outside of all? Even in COVID-19, God cares for you. And He cares for me. And I don't know how much plainer Jesus could have made it. And He says it in different places about God caring for us. Worry is also ungodly. You see, worry indicates that we have a misunderstanding of God and what He is like. We've already mentioned that He treats us like His children. Like we belong to Him. And we do. He's our shepherd and we're the sheep. And remember the words of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He does all of those things for us. Why? Because we're a shepherd. He's our shepherd. And we're a sheep. We forget that He's working all things out to our good, to our betterment. As it tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, we must understand that He's always with us and will never forsake us. Remember the first sermon that I preached when all this started. One of the points that I had in that sermon was we're not alone. God is with us. We forget that sometimes. God is with us in the good times and He's with us in the bad times. The difficult times. Because He cares about us. And so we will get through this. And God's not going to forsake us and we need to trust Him more than we do.
We misunderstand that nothing can remove us from His love. He loves us and He cares for us. So the issue really is not worry. It is one of faith. It is one of trust in our God. So what does Jesus have to say about ridding ourselves of fear and anxiousness and worry? How can we learn to trust God and live in peace? Well, first, we need to put God first in our life. And it needs to, He needs to be first in every area of our life. Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's He saying? Put God first. I tell people, I've met with people, told people, make God first. Make Him your number one priority. Oh, He is. Where are you on Sunday night? Where are you when we're having Bible study? Where are you on Wednesday night? Where are you at a gospel meeting? Oh, He's first. Yeah, He's first. As long as I don't have something else to do. And brother, we need to be honest with ourselves. And we need to examine ourselves. And sometimes these kind of things that take place in this world are things that help us to see that we're not where we're supposed to be in our Christian relationship with God. That we're not as strong as we think that we are. And sometimes it takes something very devastating in our lives to wake us up to that fact. That God really is not number one in our lives. And we need to wake up. Because you see... In any area of our life where God is not number one, that is where we're going to have troubles. And when we see worry in our lives, that should be a warning sign. It should be like a, a caution light that's just blinking out there on the horizon telling us that there's something mixed up in our lives. That it means that there's something wrong. That there's something out of sync. That there's something that's not that where God is not in first place in our life. Any area of our life where God is not in control is going to become a source of worry for us. It's going to become a source of anxiety for us. And it doesn't matter what it is, whenever and wherever God is not first, that, that area of our life is going to be a source of worry. We cannot count or we can count on it because nothing was meant to take the place of God. Not family, not friends, not politics, not country, not finances, nothing. No thing should take the place of God. All the way back in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai, what was the first command? Thou shalt have no other gods before Me. God wants to be and deserves to be number one in all of our lives.
Place God in His kingdom first is what Jesus is telling us. He's saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and mind. Tells us that in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, Luke chapter 10 and verse 27. Here we see in the New Testament and in the Old Testament what God is promising us. In the passages that we're looking at, we see the promises that Jesus says are there for us. That if we will move Him to first place, make Him the number one priority in our life, He'll take care of our needs. Do we trust Him? So the question becomes, have we made God first in our life? Have we really made Him first in our lives? We need to live one day at a time. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will have enough problems of its own. Each day has enough troubles for self. Don't worry about it. Worrying about yesterday or tomorrow causes us to miss the blessings of today. The past is just that, as I said earlier. It's the past. <laughs> Let it go. Let go of it. We can't change our mistakes. We can rectify them by taking care of it if it's some sin in our life that we need to confess or acknowledge or take care of with someone else. We can do those things. But you can't change the past. Brethren, there would be a lot more happy people if they would just let go of the past. They're miserable. They're miserable about something that they can't change, but yet they're going to worry about it, concern themselves with it, and be miserable people. And we all know people that are like that. Let go. The future can be overwhelming, but fortunately we receive it one day at a time. And we must be willing to trust God day by day, moment by moment. But do we? Trust God to care for the things that are beyond our control. You see, Jesus tells us the root of worry. What is the root of worry? He answers that question in those verses. Maybe you just overlooked it. But it's found in verse 30. When He says, "...therefore, or wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith?" Isn't that the clue right there to the root of worry? Little faith. No faith. A lack of faith. The problem with faith. 
worry and trust cannot operate in the same heart at the same time. They are mutually exclusive to one another. So we must decide, are we going to trust our worries or are we going to trust our God? Let me ask the question. Has our worries ever changed anything? Has it ever solved any problems? Did it make anything better? No. You say, well, I got up and I did... What? I got up and I did something about it? Yeah, that's what you should have done to begin with. Got up and done something about it. Well, there was nothing you could do. Well, you're okay. I'll agree with you. There's nothing you can do. So what should you do? Give it to God. But did worrying and cha- worrying change it? Make it better? Solve it? No. Paul gives us advice in Psalms or uh, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Be careful, he says. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In everything. Everything. What's he say? In everything. Don't worry, but pray. Pray. Pray to who? Pray to God. Why? Because He's your Father and He knows what we need and He cares about us and He'll take care of us. Paul is saying in this pandemic, we can either panic or we can pray. Which advice are we going to follow? There are thousands of promises in the Bible that God has given us which is sort of like an insurance policy. Only God's promises are much better. You buy insurance on your car and on your house. And if you have a fender bender, oh well, I have insurance and that's going to cover it. If my house catches on fire, oh well, I have insurance, that's going to cover it. And so when I get the policy, I read it and I see what's going to be covered. And if there's something there that I think needs to be covered that's not covered, then I'm going to take action, call my insurance agent and see if I can get coverage for something that will cover my concern. But once I have that coverage, I don't sit around and worry about my house burning or a fender bender because I'm covered. God makes a promise. If He's promised us something that He will take care of, do we trust Him to do that? Or do I have to continuously worry about what He's promised? A good example is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. We studied it not too long ago on a Wednesday evening. Jehoshaphat was going to battle against three enemy nations and he was greatly outnumbered by those nations and he was concerned, he was worried. There was no way that he was going to win that battle. 
So God ensures the outcome of that battle. God tells Jehoshaphat, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You don't have to worry about it because I'm going to take care of it. It's what God said. We know the results. With God, all things are possible. And we just need to trust Him. We just need to trust Him. Does that mean that I go out and do stupid things? No. Does that mean I go out and I uh, flirt with danger? No. God's given me common sense that tells me what I need to do and that I can do these things to be careful. But there are some things that are just out of my control. And they're out of your control too. And we have to trust God. Paul closes out chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians with these words, "...but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord." Paul is saying, even in a time of a pandemic, Remain steadfast. Remain unmovable. Don't allow anything to rob you of your faith. Don't allow anything to pull you away from your trust in a heavenly Father. Live in peace. The world will take notice. Live in peace. Continue to give yourselves to the work of the Lord. So, don't wait till you're dead to rest in peace. Why not start living in peace today? If you need to respond to the invitation, we're here to help you in any way that we can. You have that opportunity while we stand and sing.